Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, puzzled pigeons, kamikaze kangaroos, enigmatic elephant and some cars. Now, Lippy. Yes. You've got some DIY news. I do. Well, kind of. Let I me mean... just start by saying you were off Thursday and Friday of last week. I was, yes. And the first phone call came at seven minutes past nine on Thursday morning. It did, yes. Because I had started removing my cracks in the wall with my little spatula and a big old hole occurred (laughs) well not like an actual hole but a massive piece of plaster just came off and I kept going for a bit and then I looked at it and I was like that doesn't look quite right so I rang you and I was like is this plaster or is it just the paper but it was the plaster yeah it's a big old chunk of plaster come off there hasn't there so yes you need a plastering man or woman to come in and feel that really fix that yes definitely but i did i have i carried on with the rest of it i sanded down all the other walls and got rid of all the other cracks and used my polyfiller and all the other little small things and i started painting the other walls which i realized i actually have a rather busy life at the moment i don't know how this has happened but i've painted two walls and that's it because i haven't had time to go back and do any more It's the way at the moment, isn't it? We've been used for the last 18 months to be sat around not doing a great deal or little projects. And then all of a sudden, we're going out and about. And that that will increase, hopefully, from July the 19th. Well, hopefully not, because I need to get my bedroom painted. (laughs) Well, you better snap to it then. I know. But I I thought, that's okay, because this week, I can do it in the evenings when I finish, because I finish at half four, so it gives me loads of time in the evening before I need to start thinking about dinner to paint but then on monday i had a netball game on tuesday which was last night obviously went to the pub and watched the football which was really i know we don't chat about football much but the atmosphere at the pub was unreal yesterday obviously and then today we're doing podcast which is wednesday then tomorrow i've got early netball then friday i'm busy with my my girls you gotta stop all the socializing Well, I think what needs to happen is instead of a dinner party on Friday, I need to have a painting party and just rope them all into helping me paint the room. Yeah, the problem is you're inviting people in that A, don't have a vested interest in the quality of the paintwork and B, aren't professional. True. Well, no, my friend, one of my friends, she just painted her downstairs toilet. Yeah, but if it's somebody else's, you can be a bit more slapdash and it really isn't a problem, is it? Well, not for them true. anyway. That is true. I need to hurry up because our bed comes next Friday. Yes. Snap and that's when it. it needs to be done by. Was there much dust? Oh my God. Do you know, the first day in my head, I was like, oh, I'll keep the bedroom door open a bit so that I can ventilate it so I'm not just in the dust. And then I'd put like, the curtains, because we aren't keeping the curtains, on the floor, on over the carpet in the hallway, outside the door, because I thought that'll yeah, that'll be fine. It won't go any further than that. But there's dust everywhere, like in the kitchen. There's yeah. dust in the kitchen. Like how? That's like down the stairs, round a few corners. Like how does it travel so far? It does. It gets everywhere. There's no two ways about it. Absolutely everywhere. I'm still, I'm still shaking off dust as well, I'm sure. Mm. Every time I shower, I'm like, 
still dusty. The only thing I found that's really effective is plastic sheet. So if you could use some masking tape to put plastic sheet over the door, mm. then it does yeah. tend to keep it in. But you end up with a I plastic think- sheet full of dust. I might have to do that when I do the downstairs because otherwise it'll be very dusty everywhere. Yeah, probably worth doing. Although I'm not planning on sanding down the downstairs, so give it a little wash, a little scrub. Excellent. Oh yeah, sugar soap. Sugar soap, brilliant stuff. Yeah, I've got some. Good. Well, hopefully you'll get the room finished in time for bed delivery. Fingers crossed. Somebody coming to do the plastering? Uh, Someone's coming to have a look. I can't remember what day. At some point. (laughs) Okay, so that's not going to get done, is it? No. But that wall can just, we just don't have to paint that wall to start with. The bed's not going there. The bed's going in the other part of the room. So that can, that doesn't have to be done. Well, that's all good. Well, well done for tackling that. That's, I'm impressed. Very impressed indeed. Thank you. And, and with almost without injury as well. Yeah, just one little, well, two little cuts. One on my finger on the inside where I think I just got it with some sanding paper because it's a bit rashy yeah. looking rather than a cut. And one on the back of my hand, which I didn't even know I had done until I saw it was bleeding. <laughs> That off to the way, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> if I had a trail of blood, you know where that's come from? And it's <laughs> somewhere on you. Good. Well, well done. So last week we talked about pigeons and pigeons getting lost. Yeah. It hit the mainstream press last week after we recorded. Mm. And apparently it was as many as 10,000 were lost. And it is that's the... Obviously they'll be printing some more maps for the, the missing 10,000 pigeons. How long do they give them, though, like, before they're classified as missing? Because surely they could just be, like, chilling out somewhere, waiting, and then they'll fly home, like, in two days' time. Well, they're saying they fail to arrive home as expected. So, presumably, they have a rough idea of how long they would take to go from where they start to home. And I don't know Mm. how far that, that will be or how long that would be. But, presumably, it's, you know, after a couple of days, you think, Actually, it's not going to come home. What if, though, there's a lot of them, they've all just decided that it seems like a lot of effort to be to fly home. And every time they fly home, they drive them somewhere else to be flying home again. So they just made a new home. Is that some sort of bizarre conspiracy theory about pigeons? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it is. Well, after last week's map incident, I think uh, <laughs> probably... <laughs> So the owners of these racing or hobing pigeons, depending on how you look at it, have appealed to anyone who finds a disorientated pigeon to look after it by feeding it, giving it water and allowing it to rest. Once the birds what is have recovered. Disorient- well, it, well, if it, I don't know, but we've got pigeons that landed the garden. Presumably, if we had another one that had a ring on its leg and it was looking lost. I don't know what a lost pigeon <laughs> looks like. <laughs> But if you, if you get a pigeon that lands in your garden and is there for a couple of days with a ring on its leg, you know it's a racing pigeon. You know it shouldn't be. I wouldn't know that. If a pigeon with a ring on its leg landed in my garden, I'd be like, oh, look, that pigeon's got a little bit of jewellery on it. Well, you do now. I do now. Also, that you, you might know it's a lost pigeon if it taps on your window and shows you its map. Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> we had one fall down the chimney not so long ago, actually. You did. And it was stood... Behind the fire guard, uh, it was in, though it was last year, it was in the summer. And it looked like the penguin in Wallace and Gromit when it gets stuck in the bottle. So it was <laughs> just there looking, staring out. It, it took a bit of a bit of a faff to get it out, let's put it that mm-hmm. way, because it was covered in soot. So it then spread soot all over the walls and ceiling. But we did have to end up throwing a coat over it to 
get it yeah, there were a few big black marks on the on the white ceiling wasn't yeah, there yeah there's still are it smashed there's, into yeah, it yeah it's going to be painting so when you finished yours maybe you can pop around and do ours oh I, I might have some leftover paint jolly well, it won't be magnolia will it anyway back to the pigeons so once the birds have recovered it is likely their infallible homing instincts which have let them down so far will kick in and they'll head back to their lofts so if you do find a disoriented pigeon with a ring on its leg feed it food water rest and it eventually will go home or keep it as a pet (laughs) no i don't think they make particularly good pets ah interestingly each pigeon has an identification ring with a code and a number i don't know whether there's a telephone number presumably there must be a pigeon racing association so you could actually phone them if you can get hold of the number Uh, it seems that they're all blaming the atmospheric conditions and possibly a solar storm so nobody really knows apparently i think the pigeons have just gone screw this we do they keep taking us out of our home and making us fly back let's just make a new home well possibly but we'll move on (laughs) anyway we had our local carnival on saturday which i'll come to shortly and i bumped into orange marshall too who was talking about the IndyCar incident with a squirrel that we covered last yes. week. And he said, have you seen the kangaroos and the Bathurst 1000? So the Bathurst 1000 is a long-distance race in Australia, mm. a very famous one. It goes back uh, many, many years. And being where the circuit is, it's right next to you know, wildlife. And kangaroos get on the circuit quite frequently. Oh. You know, kangaroo is a big thing. You wouldn't want to hit it. Yeah. And no. they're incredible. And they're hopping alongside the cars, in between cars, racing. Oh, my God. They're probably joining in. <laughs> well, I think they're panicking a bit. Mm. I'll put a link to the YouTube video. There's a sort of succession of different races with kangaroos in them. But it, it makes the squirrel incident look quite tame. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, if you run over a squirrel, then... That's very sad for the squirrel and probably no damage to the car. If you ran over a kangaroo, I'm not sure. That's probably flipped the car, to be honest. Yeah, I say I'm not sure the car would come off particularly well at all. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely worth looking at. So thank you, Orange Marshall, too, for that. I did, when I was writing the notes, remember the conversation, but I couldn't remember where the race was or what the animal was. So... You hours scrolling trying to find well, on racetracks. I, I did the sensible thing and dropped him a message and saying, I know you oh, talk okay. about something, but <laughs> it was interesting enough for me to make a note, but not interesting enough for me to remember it. No, I, all I remember that we'd had the conversation. I couldn't write the notes there and then because we were in the middle of things. <laughs> anyway, so going on to the carnival. So this is the first yes. Lions event we've had since first proper event since the bonfire in 2019 crazy very long time so it was really good to be doing what we do best which is fun events and raising a bit of money and it was busy 11 o'clock onwards i was commentating in the arena we had unusually for this year we didn't have any gaps in the arena schedule often previous years people have dropped out Mm. you're left with half an hour and the problem is people wander off and they don't come back again so you're forever yeah. rebuilding the audience at the arena but we did literally have one after the other after the other which was superb and you know, we kept the audience there we got the kids into the arena at a safe distance so the guy doing magic acts i almost called magic mike managed not to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's he a was, different kind of show and i don't think yeah absolutely involved in that no 
But the problem was it was Matthew and he was Mr. Magic. So you can see where the... Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. You're yeah. dealing with a lot of names during the day. So it is it is quite quite difficult. That's my excuse anyway. Yeah. And yeah, so from 11 o'clock, it was absolutely rammed really until about half past four when the, the last act, which was a lady who does hula hooping, which sounds really tame, but is actually very fun. She does a workshop afterwards. So loads of hula hoops, all all the kids in there. Yeah. All your arms, all your legs at the same time, your hips, your head. She did one incredible thing with a whole pile of them. Callum, the sound guy there, asked her, have you ever hurt yourself? And she said, I've had to go to hospital once whilst practicing. Oh, yeah, she could. If she's doing them like on her neck, she could choke herself quite bad. Well, I think the chances are you trip over or you get one in the wrong place and just go fall flat on your face. So. Yeah, so it was it was really good. We had one lost yeah. child, unfortunately, which is is actually one of the most distressing things when you see this child mm. who is just distraught. And then you put the announcement out over the PA and hope that whoever it is, it's actually looking for the child. Actually, well, no, no, can hear. That's the thing because it doesn't oh, go the yeah. whole way of the the common. So hopefully they can hear. And then you see a very, very determined mother stomping across the field. So you go, ah, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to find them pretty quickly. So that was well. At least you had the child. It's all. It's kind of a little bit worse when it's the other way around, where a parent comes, not without the child. Yes, it is. Yes, and the child's up in amongst everything at least yeah. the child came to you guys that's good or yes went to we have had yeah we have had it the other way around and it is that that is that mm. is worse actually to be honest i remember being a lost child i don't think i was that young we didn't really lose you we left you that's very different <laughs> <laughs> yeah so one of the acts the guy finished it he was bored by sticking two sink plungers to his head and then the kids were throwing frisbee-type things onto them to try and get them onto the thing, <laughs> which, which is quite amusing. Then he makes a, a big weird. show of taking them off. It is a little bit weird, but then circus sacks are a bit weird, and that's that's okay. Yeah. And um, I saw it just before we went. I said, um, how much do those stick on? He said, actually, quite a lot. He said, it hurts quite a lot when you pour them off. And there was a big round mark on the side of his, his head. Oh, my God. Yeah, not once Yeah, because it's all home, done on I suction, isn't it? So... It is all suction, well, yes. Poke a little hole in it somewhere to get it out. Oh, well, it wouldn't it stay on then. Well, yeah, oh, yeah you buy a new, new plunger. Mm, or two plungers every point. time. But he said it's the first time he's been out since March of last year. I think all of the acts that we had were the same. And he'd be practising in a local park. <laughs> and he said as soon as he'd start, there'd just be this throng of kids coming to watch. He said, which was good. Yeah, he thinking it was to, a thing, said, yeah. Well, it was a thing, and it was a free thing, so that's good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it must be hard to practice those sorts of things without kids around, because you're like, is that funny? Like, would they find that funny, or is it just yes. a bit weird? Yeah, some like of it is a bit weird. sticking plungers on your head. The kids loved it. Absolutely loved <laughs> I it. I bet they did. 101 uses of a bald me. head. Yeah. <laughs> Plunge it. Yeah. Anyway, I was out and about a couple of weeks ago in the car, and came up behind a broken down bus, which is... Something you used to see a lot in the 70s and 80s, but less so now. And I realised there is an international sign for a broken down bus. There is? There is. And it's laying a seat cover on the back of the bus. So as you approach the back of the bus, you see the bus. And you know it's not in a bus stop because there's a seat bench laid against it. Except in this occasion, it was a panel from somewhere. It looked a bit mangled as well, so I don't know if you'd hit something. But I have had a look on... 
on Tinternet, and I did find one picture of an old Routemaster bus with a seat leant against it. So I'm not sure how much of an international sign it is, but whenever I've seen a broken down bus or a coach before, there's always been always something there. leant against the back of it. Interesting. Yes. So if you've got any experience of broken down vehicles and indications of that it's broken down, we'd be very interested to hear from them, particularly from other mm, countries. That's strange. I don't think I've ever seen a, a fully broken down bus. It is very rare. I do remember when I was working in Guildford, this is, oh gosh, 30 years ago. The whole of Guildford just jammed up and it was because of a broken down bus in Shelford, mm. which is what, two miles away? Yeah. Not far. So they can cause absolute chaos, but it's just fairly rare, I have to say. I made a friend in whilst I was driving my car the other night, Monday night. I don't know why, but I just have this ability to make friends. Or like people just think they chat to me. I must look like a nice person. But we were, I was coming, it was quite a busy road. But I was coming off the hog's back to go down to the little roundabout with the new the new fancy petrol station with the Starbucks on it. Where did that come from? It literally came out of nowhere. Like one day it was rubble land, the next day it was fully built with everything. I started going to Bracknell in about 1998 for work. Mm. They had a sign there saying, coming soon services. So that is 22 years ago. Yeah. 23 and years only- ago. It only popped the start of last year, I think it was. I, I know, and it as you went say, from, out of nowhere. Yeah, literally out of nowhere. We, I just drove past one day and I was like, oh, it's actually open, <laughs> you can go in and there's buildings in there now. <laughs> it was mad. Anyway, so I was driving down towards that and I was in the right lane. No, yeah, right lane. And the girl was in the left lane in her car. We're coming down, a deer runs across the road. Obviously, both of us emergency stop. Oh, blimey. Yeah, so we emergency stopped next to each other and she just looked at me and was like, <gasps> and then I went, <gasps> and then she just started laughing. We drove and we carried on driving. And then when I overtook her to uh, go round her on the motorway, she just waved at me. <laughs> I was like, I made a friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had an almost dying experience with a deer. Made us friends. The odd thing about deer, probably more so on country lanes, is you get one, quite often there's another one behind. Yeah, I drove, ve- I pulled away very slowly because mm. I was like, it's normally a few deer, it's not normally just one. Yeah, and I have had, I think, a third one. So it's uh, always yeah. ways to be careful. Mm. I think that might have been the last one because there hadn't been any cars in front of us go down the uh, slip okay. road. So I think they may have gone and then it went and was like, <gasps> Ooh, people. Yes. Be careful out there, as they say. Anyway, I came across a interesting news item during the week of a lady yeah. in New Zealand called Mary McCarthy, who nice had name. a yeah had a pain in the right side of her nose on and off for thirty seven years. Fair. She had a COVID nineteen test last year, which was extremely painful, and then following that, she had real problems with her nose. Anyway, so they did a bit of investigation, doctors and men in white coats, and they found a yellow tiddlywink in there. Been up there for 37 years. <laughs> oh my Got God. lodged in there as a child, and uh, that's what had been causing all the problem. So they, they removed it, and there was a whole load of calcification around it as well. So it was a bit of a, bit of a mess, crazy. really. Yeah. Surely, though. She must have been a very young child when she got that stuck up there, not to think, where has that gone? 
Yeah, 45 now, so she would have been seven. Yeah, but as a seven-year-old, surely you would know if something's up your nose. Like, because she must have put it up there. It's not just going to fall in, is it? There's a bit more to the story. I just found the same story on another news site. There's a bit more information. So she said she remembered playing tiddlywinks with her seven brothers and sisters and as an Mm. eight-year-old took the game on a tangent by putting one piece up each nostril and blowing them out to see how far they would go. One time I accidentally inhaled instead of blowing it out, and I was a bit too scared to tell my mum, so I didn't. Remember being terrified at the time, thinking where had it gone, and she must have just forgotten about it, which That's is odd so really, because you think you think so oh, I've got pain in my nose. I do remember not finding a tiddlywink, sniffing tiddlywinks. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> the advice is. Yeah, if you do sniff a tiddlywink up your nose and you suffer with problems later in life, it's probably due to that. It's not just going to fall out on its own. (laughs) No, no, indeed. But that's the sort of stuff kids get up to. Yeah, true. So I have a couple of car-related topics to talk about, you'll be pleased to know. So we talked about the Larder Neva some weeks ago. Yes. And apparently Neva means cropped field in Russian. So it's the Larder Cropped Field. Yeah, slightly odd name, but yeah, hey-ho. So somebody's decided to import them into the UK. And they're, they're, mm. I mean, I've always loved these cars because they are simple and the four-wheel drive system in them is, is brilliant. There's no two ways about it. It's as good as a Range Rover. And you, if you're prepared to do the import papers, you can actually pick them up for £14,400 brand new. That's oh, left-hand that drive. No, left-hand drive, wind-up windows, less to go wrong no air conditioning but one of the best four-wheel drive systems you'll find and certainly none better at 14,400 there are better models so the next one up comes with air conditioning electric windows and the review i saw the gentleman chap called johnny smith Mm. so he used to be on fifth gear and now runs his own youtube channel decided to take one of these so he borrowed one from the importer he went to an off-road centre, had the whole place to himself, and there's some great aerial shots of him going up and down, and all through the mud, and through this massive water splash. And he thought he knew the way out of it, but he ended up nose down in the water. So there's oh, water no. now coming into the... Yeah, so the water's gone into the engine. It's all on the yeah. inside as well. So he climbs out the boot... And after a couple of hours, they tow him back out again. So the mechanic there goes, no, no, we'll get this going. So he opens up the air filter box. That's completely covered in muddy water. So they they throw the air filter out, take all the spark plugs out, turn over the engine, all sorts of water coming out, which is fine. Make sure it's all dry, bit of WD-40, put it all back together without the air filter, starts first time. And... No. Johnny Johnny drives home and then produces another video the next day where he's panicking. He's taking the whole thing to pieces inside and he's drying all the carpets and cleaning all underneath or what have you. Got it all back. You wouldn't have known it had been there. And he said, best thing is, he said, it's like working on a new classic car. So all the nuts and bolts come apart. He said, but it's simple. It's brilliantly simple. That's quite impressive, actually. They can get that wet, that soaking, and then just go back to working and looking Well, the, the utilitarian vehicles, they're not. They're not for footballers and wags, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so the second bit, which I got really excited about, and I showed wife of Grumpy, and she was decidedly unexcited about the whole thing, yes, was a potential new Lancia Delta Integrale. I don't know what that is. No, you wouldn't. So 
people who do will be okay, getting very yeah. excited at this point. And also a Lance Hero 37. So these were both phenomenal rally machines, having won numerous world championships between them. And just awesome, awesome vehicles. And they, they've produced them for the modern age. So they've changed the shape of them quite dramatically. The Integrale looks a little bit like a Batmobile, I have to say. It looks a bit like a BMW. <laughs> How could you say that? It does, though. Well, this is possibly the last time I ever talk about cars on here. <laughs> I've done it. All I've <laughs> had to do is say it looks like a BMW and I've done it. Anyway, moving on to road-related topics, our sinkhole. Yes, so, yes. So if you remember, we've had gas, water and electricity involved. Yes. And they've had to replumb some some gas and they dug up the verge, which they've now filled back in again and reseeded, much to the joy of the local pigeons and crows who this morning were feasting on grass seed and probably no. can't fly <laughs> at the moment. So that's going to work well. They also managed to turn the internet off briefly on Monday. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, so there was about half a dozen, it seemed, open reach vans outside. And I had to manage that because it's all overhead cables. So that's possibly unrelated. But in terms of the actual hole, after the massive hoover that turned up while we were recording yeah, last week, the Nunu, which was not putting concrete into it or anything else. Um, it was sucking stuff sucking out of debris it. Out. Yeah. So there's yeah. a broken drain pipe on the side of the road and no work's been done. Oh, fun. So, yeah. I'll leave it fun. like that for a while for you. Well, possibly. I wonder how it's long it will drag on. still closed as well, both sides? Yes, road is still closed, so you have to get a long way around and reverse half a mile up the road, which is not ideal. Not with so many parked cars on it as well. Yeah, it's not too bad, actually. Because I think the people that would normally park there that don't live in the road don't park there. So the mm. development around the corner, which they've been parking there a lot, which is a bit of a pain in the neck, but can't do anything about it so it's not convenient for them to part there mm. so they don't do it which is good yeah yes so we wait to see still still shut on wait and see. google maps and due to be open tomorrow but um i suspect that'll be lengthened well you say that there's a road in the other side of Rowley that's been shut for almost two years <laughs> run common road yes so originally yeah. that was the, the the problem with the bridge that goes over the river there mm. then they found there was a badger set there so despite half the country culling badgers, you can't actually do anything to disturb the set for some reason. So they haven't been able to do anything on that. And then they found some very rare newts as well. So basically, Ooh. I don't think the road's ever going to open. <laughs> you can't That's, use that road anymore unless you live down it. <laughs> well, then you might have to go a very long way round to get uh, to get home. Yes, I mean, all in favour of uh, keeping wildlife. But yeah, it's a, a bit newt. odd. Well, if it's a red you, but it does seem a bit odd that um, people are culling badges because they've got TB and mm. we've got to keep them. Interesting, I was talking to a chap at the allotment last week and he's been in agriculture all his life. It's been probably in his 60s, I think. And he was saying he's got another allotment and the badges clear out the carrots. They absolutely love carrots. No. Mm. So he said, That's I've just good. had the whole lot decimated. He said, they're very difficult mm. to keep out. I can imagine that's quite a cute picture, though. Little badgers digging up. A badger high on carrot sugar. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Zooming around. <laughs> yeah. On some sort of sugar high. Yeah. Is it a cow? No, it's a badger. Anyway, we haven't had a Zoom story for a while. All right, Zoom's dying off a bit now, though, isn't it? Now that you can meet. I kind of think it is. I suppose it depends on 
when people are back in the offices. Oh, and on that note, the Screaming Tomatoes sent me this article about ways of not going back to the old ways in the office. And I have to say, it wasn't the most exciting of reads. And there was lots of, yeah, didn't really fully read it, to be honest. I got bored about halfway through. I was expecting there to be some funny joke in there. Yeah. But it turned out. (laughs) Turned out not to be. A very sensible article. It was, well, I'm not sure it was, actually. I think it was a very cleverly written one, but actually, you read mm. it and you go, whoa, I didn't know we were doing that anyway. So, yeah. And I think, actually, a lot of it was trying to keep some people that work in remote and people that are working in the office sort of as peers rather than seen as different co-workers. So it sort of makes a bit of sense anyway. Anyway, so I found this article about a lady who has worn the same Hawaiian shirt to 264 Zoom meetings over the last year and a bit. (laughs) Interestingly, her name is Jackie. (laughs) Not Jackie Weaver, just Jackie. So she started it as a joke and carried on. And nobody noticed. How did they not notice that? I don't know. On her last day of work, she spilled the beans. Yeah. Last day of work, she left. Yeah, she'd left and they hadn't noticed. The intern literally said, on purpose. (laughs) It's not, it's not the jazziest Hawaiian shirt though. I've just opened the article. Yes. It's it's quite a plain one. Yes, it it is. It's not too in um, your face. No, I might give that a go actually. Yeah. But the problem is, 264 meetings, that's pretty much one a day for the last, what, 14, 15 months? It's not going to be far off at working days anyway. So I think if you wore the same shirt every day, people would notice. Yeah, they would. They would start to, yeah. It has to be a pattern shirt, obviously. I think I've got the ideal shirt, but people will notice because it is very bright. Is it your pink one? Yes, it is. With the blue blue flowers. (laughs) I do know know exactly which one that was. (laughs) That is very bright. Do it. Yes. Well, I wear that one as much as possible because it does annoy one of my colleagues for some reason <laughs> i don't know why there's nothing really wrong with it why, <laughs> no i don't think so he seems to think it's it's got some sort of odd meaning no you know, it's, it's a bit a weird shirt. anyway anyway so have you got a top tip for us i do i'm so excited about it too oh it's is not, it for the lippy brain not, it is but it's well it kind of is and kind of isn't it was something that i saw online which i then tried and it's so good so good. So my top of tip of is, you know, Lotus biscuits that you get with coffees. Oh, yes. Oh, I like those. Really good. You know, they brought out a spread. Yes, I was sort of aware of that. Yes. So they brought out a spread. So we have one of the a barista coffee machine these days. So you put a teaspoon of the spread into your latte. Oh. And it is honestly the tastiest coffee i've ever had i have oat milk as well because i do like a good latte and i feel like i shouldn't drink that much milk so i have oat milk but it's like a milkshakey coffee lotusy oh goodness it's just so good yes i highly recommend buying some lotus spread and putting it in your coffee that's my top next time i'm over i'll make you one thank you that'll be very nice Mm. Interesting you saying about oat milk. I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago about milk and oat milk. And milk, as in cow's milk, has got so much more goodness in it than oat milk. Does it? Yeah. I, I mean, when you read it, you go, why on earth would anybody choose oat milk unless they were lactose intolerant? For myself, 
I break out in spots if I have too much calcium. Okay. So having a big mug of milk every day yeah. makes me very spotty. So that is that is the only reason why I drink oat milk in yeah. my coffee rather than normal milk. Because I don't, re- I feel like I like the taste of it. It doesn't, it tastes different, obviously, but it's not a bad taste different. It's a nice taste different. But yeah. I just, for that reason, I don't see the point in having a big mug of milk. <laughs> No, no. if it's going to make you feel unwell, then it's definitely mm. the best thing to do. But I do have normal milk in the house as well because I have normal milk in my tea because that's just yeah. a splash of milk. Yes, I've tried odd milk in tea and it's... It's not yeah, like... It's not the same at no, all. No, that is not the British way. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> definitely it's not. not. So I have a fact of the week, as usual. Fact, yes. So if last week we talked about on-site, I think it was called, mm-hmm. which shows you the, the bombs that fell on London during the Blitz. Screaming Tomato got in touch because his grandparents lived in Kilburn and they left in 1928 and he said there was a bomb fell very, very close to their house. So they obviously avoided that. Anyway, so this one is World War II related Mm. and bombing. So when the Germans were bombing Belfast in Northern Ireland in 1941, one of the first female keepers at the Belfast Zoo Denise Weston Austin saved a baby elephant named Sheila. Who names an elephant Sheila? <laughs> Such a weird name for an elephant. <laughs> she, it's a very Australian name for an elephant, and I don't think there are elephants in Australia. Well, not naturally. No, I don't think so. No. By sneaking her out of the zoo every night and walking her home, where she kept her in her backyard, and then returned the elephant the following morning. And the elephant lived until the 1960s, so she lived another 20 years. That's which cute. Which is quite sweet. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Her neighbours must have been like, what? why is there an elephant in the garden? I think by 1941, there was so much going on that they possibly didn't bat an eyelid. No, you know, probably. So or she probably let them know, FY, <laughs> it's from the zoo, I brought it home and I'll take it back in the morning. <laughs> yes, I mean, presumably she was a, a zookeeper. But what a yeah. lovely story. Absolutely lovely story. Yeah. I don't know what you feed an elephant, though, if you took it home. Just, like, hay, isn't it? Like, you do a horse. They just I eat don't know. leaves and well, fruit and stuff. I don't know. I've seen them eat currant buns, but... Trees? Yeah, leaves. possibly. Uh, maybe that's one for next week. Yeah, maybe. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.